This country was built on a distinctly American work ethic. But today, work is in trouble. We've outsourced most of our manufacturing to other countries. And with that, we sent away good jobs and diminished our capability to make things. American Giant is a clothing company that's pushing back against this tide. They make a variety of high-quality clothing and activewear, like sweatshirts, jeans, dresses, jackets, and so much more. All made right here in the USA, from growing the cotton to adding the final touches. So when you buy American Giant, you create jobs for seamsters, cutters, and factory workers in towns and cities across the United States. And it's about more than an income. Jobs bring pride, purpose. They stitch people together. If all that sounds good to you, visit American-Giant.com and get 20% off your first order when you use code STAPLE20 at checkout. That's 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com with promo code STAPLE20. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hey, y'all, it's your man Lloyd Spence, and guess what? Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Y'all, the Masters is here. And Bet Online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Y'all, the Masters is my favorite tournament. You got to go over there and see the betting lines for all of the golfers. And Jordan Spieth just won yesterday, so I might be dropping the dime on it. All I'm saying is head to the website, betonline.ag, or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, your online sports book experts. Tell them the noise make a sense. Hey, everybody, it's your boy Lloyd Spence, and I have decided something. I'm going to dominate 2021. As soon as 2020 ended, I took a good look in the rearview mirror and said, man, you. 2021 for me is all about self-care and self-love, which means I'm focusing on being happy and feeling relaxed. Mental clarity is the first step to my better life, which is why I've been taking down Sunday scary CBD gummy bears like candy. When my mind starts racing or I need to decompress, I simply pop two gummies and in 20 minutes, I'm in max relax mode. Listen, I had the opportunity to take these and I am thrilled. They are really the perfect thing to just kind of take and pop in at the end of your day and kind of settle you down and get you right where you need to be. And there's no risk to buy. The company offers a 100% lifetime money back guarantee. And if the product's not for you, that's okay. You'll get your money back. Sunday Scaries is in the stress relieving business, not the stress causing business. So I got you a 25% off to prove it. Visit sundayscaries.com and use my promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, for your discount. That's promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, for 25% off at sundayscaries.com. They're amazing, and you won't regret joining their squad. Man, I wish I could get back to fishing on the weekends, back like I did back in the day when I was a wee lad. But I can't, man. The time is... Okay, let me just be honest. I can't find the right stuff. I don't know the right baits to go get for Texas. But I'm glad our new sponsor, Mosca Bass, is the fun and affordable way to get the best new baits from the fishing industry's top brands delivered to my doorstep each month. Premium subscription fishing company that handpicks the best baits based on where I live and where you live and fish. No more guessing on which baits are going to work. Just leave it to the pros at Monsters Bass. They know what to do. Basically, it's like having your own personal fishing guide. It's changing the way bass fishermen shop for baits. They're quickly becoming the number one fishing brand of anglers everywhere. They got the best baits from the best brands, and you're covered by the industry's best customer service. So, if you want to catch a bigger bass this season, head on over to MonstersBass.com and use the code ACC10 to get $10 off your first box. That's MonstersBass.com. Use the code ACC10 to get $10 off your first box. Sign up for Monsters Bass now. Tell them your boy Lloyd Spence sent you. Popcorn World. Popcorn World. Popcorn World. 
right. So you can get this groove with a bag of a can. Right. You can make it around the world with the holes in your hand. Popcorn world. Two and fifty flavors gonna make you smile. Two and fifty flavors gonna make you smile. Two and fifty flavors gonna make you smile. I said popcorn make you smile. are now listening to Believe in the ACC with my husband, Mr. Talkin' Noise, Lloyd Spence, and our brother, Heisman Trophy and Florida State legend, Charlie Ward. And now, Lloyd and Charlie. Go get them, fellas. Looking for McDonald, lobs it into McDonald. Five seconds left. McDonald, two seconds. McDonald traps, heaves, can't hit. That is it. Stanford survives again. The Stanford Cardinal national champions in 2021. I want everybody to be able to say they played in the national championship game. Kispert comes out. That's Tommy Lloyd, longtime assistant with the Hunt. Let's make a little history tonight in Indianapolis. Butler. Oh, right in the heart. Coach, Coach Drew, Drew and Baylor. Complete college basketball's, basketball's greatest, greatest rebound, rebound and rebuild, and rebuild with, a with a championship. First of all, I had to hear the song. That's listen. Well, the popcorn uh, world. No, not that. <laughs> Although I do love that song as well. I love that song. <laughs> I love that song as well. But man, one shining moment is like a, a male love song. Like that is the man. Oh uh, yeah, I, I can't I can't turn the TV off on the national championship until after I see one shining moment. Gotta hear one shining moment. Gotta hear it. <laughs> Good to see my brothers tonight as we talk about. All things uh, ACC and basketball. And today's conversation obviously is going to be a little bit broader. Uh, but, man, what a game, what a season, and what about tomorrow is what we're theming out the show today. Um, that's Charlie Ward. He's the only Heisman Trophy winner that's a part of this show. We're working on a few more, but uh, it's tough. They don't just hand them out like candy, even though you can buy the hat. Um, <laughs> Haskins down there doing his thing as always. He is the pride and joy of Louisville, Kentucky, and Wave Three News. So, uh, and of course, I'm just little old Lloyd Spence, just hanging out with these two brothers, doing my thing. You know what I'm saying? Saw a girl get a triple double today with steals. What? Yes, yeah, she had 13 points, 10 rebounds, and 10 steals. Was it an AAU game? High, it was girls high school sweet 16. Oh, that's right. Oh, that's right. That's going on. It just started. Yeah. What, what school was this? She needs a shout out. Sacred Heart. Shout out to Sacred Heart. God, with steals? Steals. <laughs> that's impressive. That is impressive. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I seen her play for the first time earlier this season. The girl, I mean, she's long. She's just, she's a junior. She's long. She and she's active. I mean, she's just, I mean, more than anything, she's just obviously when you get 10 steals, I mean, she's all over the court. I don't think I've ever seen anybody get a triple double with steals. 10 steals. Jeez. I'm gonna get you a name and I'm gonna get you a name. Charlie, are this. you prepared to make this girl an offer to come play? Uh, I have a question. <laughs> yeah. What's up, Charlie? Josie Gilvin, that's her name. Josie Gilvin. Gilvin. Yeah. Hey, um. This this year, we had quite a few um, student athletes graduate early in high school um, to go and play, start their college careers. Yes. I ask this question to you guys. Will that be the norm moving forward? 
Yes, I, I absolutely think that will be the norm. Um, especially for kids now who are used to playing ball all year round. That, that's an easy, simple transition for them to make. And I think you're going to see a lot of the upper echelon kids. I'm not saying that's every kid, but the upper echelon kid, that's the five star. And, and you know, I think those kids are going to start saying, why am I waiting? Especially in football. Why am I waiting to, to, to uh, June to graduate? Why don't I just go ahead and go uh, finish up early and then head on into spring ball. And that way I'm ahead of the curve, you know, when it comes to um, to the season. So I, I absolutely think it's going to be a normal thing. So I'm talking about basketball. Well, yeah, they've been doing it in football for a while. Yeah, I was going to say either sport. I think you're going to see it in either sport because it just makes – it honestly, it makes sense. Like, it, it once your season's over, what are you waiting on? I mean – I don't know. No, the I mean, just like going. the high school season season is still going. Oh, you're saying in the middle of a season? Yes, there's some. Oh, kids, maybe there. Oh, maybe, I didn't know that. Maybe this year uh, may have been different with COVID. Uh, the young lady, the point guard from Notre Dame, uh, she was she graduated early and, and came to school. She was late, not late, but yeah, she was late in in the, playing in the season. Uh, because oh yeah, she was yeah. Still in high school. I didn't know that uh, was why she was late. I knew that she. I knew because she started playing in like it was like January, wasn't it? Yeah. And she and finally joined the team. Yeah, a, I didn't realize that she had. I didn't realize that either. So she came because she was. She had graduated high school in December. Yes, she and then joined the team in January. Well, no, I don't think that's going to be the norm. <laughs> well, I don't know. That wow, that's a wow. I did not know that. She gra- I don't even know how you recruit like that. <laughs> Maybe, maybe, but the, there's a kid, the kid at Wake Forest, the point guard for the men's team at Wake Forest. He did the same thing. Well, let me, okay, well, with that case, and you said this is new information, I would hope that there are not a lot of those. I thought you were talking about graduating in December and then getting a semester under your belt in January and going, you know, going into next I, season. I, 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 I thought you used talking about the reclassification because I know that's what uh, well now former Kentucky point guard Devin Askew, that's what he did he reclassified to come in come in a year early. I didn't know they were doing stuff like graduating during the season. That's hey, literally, that's right, literally coming to the team. That's wow. Yeah, that's and first maybe, I've heard that. Because of COVID. Because you know maybe. A, lot, a lot of high schools weren't playing until so uh, late. You know, until yeah. late. So that's possibly uh, what could have happened, but they were definitely had to be uh, on top of their academics to be able to graduate in December and then go to college, you know, that following month or whatever it was. So, wow. <clears throat> I was just curious. I mean, that's no, something. that's a great question. I, yeah. I wasn't aware that that happened. I would, I, yeah. I would lean toward that maybe being a COVID thing, though. Yeah. Yeah, I would think that'd have to be. I can't imagine that's going to be a normal thing. If it is, that's weird. That is, I don't, because why would you do that as a as a college coach? You know what I mean? Because this kid, if you start in the regular, let's look at all things being normal. If you start in November with your season and then you bring in a kid basically halfway through the season, I mean, that's, that's kind of strange. You know what I mean? Because now you got to right. acclimate this kid into the flow and that's not an easy thing to do. Like as 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 we're seeing, it's not easy when you have a full season to do. So imagine and then with the kid, and for the kid, I mean, I mean that's such a big jump that's and mature and having to mature. And I mean, yeah, I, I I'm not a fan of it. <laughs> no, I don't like that. Yeah, I don't like that. Those two kids that I just mentioned, I talked about, they made it work. I mean. Because the girl in Notre Dame, wasn't she like their, one of their best players yes. by the end of the season? By the end of the year, she's one of the best players. Yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, she didn't start because she came late, but she right. was probably their, one of the best point guard. And wow. then the kid uh, from Wake Forest uh, with the curly, frilly hair, he was there. He was their <laughs> starter. 
Wow. I mean, he he wasn't bad. I mean, he actually looked like he was, you know, like he belonged. So I'm just curious because I'm, you know, I'm all about trends, and I I see him, I work, I see I see him from a mile away. Yeah. And you don't need but one or two people to do it and be successful. Yeah. And and when you start seeing them, I don't know if it's going to become a norm. But at some point in time, you're going to start seeing kids pushing that envelope. Yeah. Of working to try to either reclassify like some of them are doing, or man, they they may just say, "Hey, I'm gonna forego my senior year of bad high school basketball," because a lot of times they sign in like November. I mean, they sign early this early right. sign period, so they already right. know where they're going to school, and so. If they if they start figuring this thing out, they're gonna they're gonna be kids signing early, and then saying I'm gonna forego my senior year. Yeah, I don't see trends because be yeah. I definitely can see that in football because you know they have to be three years out of high school. It makes sense for football to kind of start early. I I don't have as much problem with it in football. If a kid doesn't want to go to prom and all that stuff, I get it. Okay, so if you if you're done, then it is you know what's the point of having them sitting around goofing off for for you know for four months in school? You know what I mean? So I I definitely get it in football. Let them go in, graduate. Let them go to spring ball. Get that you know get in and get ready for the fall. That. Going in in season, that is wow. That that would be something, man. Yeah, that's something. That, that's a that's a that's a wow. I think that's because this year was probably because of COVID, because there are teams that high school teams that probably did, didn't play. They probably high. weren't gonna play. Yeah. Well, but 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 to that same point though, Charlie, the rule is, if I'm not mistaken, that a a player. And we're using that in a very ambiguous way. Can can enroll, then sit out the first semester, and then join the team the second semester. That's the rule, right? Yeah. So th- there could be a way to make that rule work. And you know what I mean? If, if you like a kid could theoretically finish in the sum like do half their season in the summer, their senior season in the summer, half in the fall, and then en- enroll and play in January. Like, if they graduate in December, you know what I mean? Then they can say, huh? I said at some point it's going to happen. I think I think, there, I think there's <laughs> – you, you may have stumbled into something really that, – that could be something. Because mm-hmm. the bottom line is young players are looking for paths – quicker to the NBA. And if they can find that path, they'll find it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, you know, that's the reality, man. And by the way, uh, maybe maybe sometime early next week, we need to talk about uh, probably uh, with the whole show of the transfer portal. My God, that thing is filling up fast. Like oh, it's free agency. The, the the transfer portal is starting to look like our driver's license office. Like when you get there late, you're going to be in that thing all day. It is just packed. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I am like, my God, this college free agency is here and, and get ready. And yeah. think about as we get into the title games, think about the men's championship game. Baylor won <laughs> with transfers. Three of them. <laughs> three, of the three of the best players, but all of them had to sit out, though. <laughs> I, I think they'll take that sit out right, for, for the exchange of what they got out of it. Uh, so as we as we start with the championship game, I was going to start with the men, but since we are, are women, we, but we're already at the men, so let's just start there. Um, first of all, what are you guys' thoughts on that game? I I got to be honest with you. Uh, now I will take a humble brag here on the five. Uh, we picked. We made a pick. I made the guys pick uh, their selections, and Reggie and I picked Baylor. But but I didn't pick Baylor confidently. I just picked Baylor. I just I did pick Baylor to win. So 
But I didn't expect it to be that, though. Now, I can't say at all that I was like, oh, Baylor's going to dominate. No. I figured it'd be a game worthy of a team that had been undefeated. You know what I mean? I figured they'd come out and give them everything they can. But eventually, Baylor's athleticism would, would overwhelm them and they'd win the game. But I had no idea that the gap of athleticism was that great. Now, I kept hearing all night commentators say, well, Gonzaga's tired. They're, they're yeah, I kept hearing out. that too. And I'm going, it was just two days ago, and they only played a five-minute overtime. Where's the warring down at? I'm not I'm not seeing it. Well, that's, I, I, that's, I, an, that's an excuse. Yeah. Uh, what did you guys think about the game? What, well, <laughs> Baylor was was amazing. Uh, <laughs> if you want to see it in a nutshell, uh, Baylor, I mean, I, I think they heard, you know, they heard a lot about Gonzaga being, you know, if they win, being one of the best teams and, you know, ever. Um, they heard a lot of people picking uh Gonzaga and I mean I mean them cats came out man like they they, they were all over the place on defense I mean the guys couldn't go by them um and then on offense I mean they were carving them up you know man to man one on one just picking their picking whoever it was and and then they they were shooting lights out I mean I don't know how I mean they they were making shots at a oh. At a, at a clip, like they weren't missing, and right. they got a lead on them, and then they decided to continue to pour it on. You know, they, they uh, Gonzaga made a run because they're a very good team, uh, and cut it to ten and a half. But the game never was really ever in the balance, like no. you know, <laughs> close. And I, I, I just go back to you know. I don't know if Gonzaga was tired. That, that's not the big issue. But Beller was fresh. You know, they weren't tired. I'll just <laughs> say that. So, you know, they competed at a high level. Um, they executed uh, whatever they wanted. Uh, their game plan was was very simple, and their 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 bigs played the role of what they've probably been doing all year which is setting screens, rolling to the basket, shot goes up, I go and, I go and rebound it. And either they wouldn't even – they wouldn't even looking at the basket on, on the offensive rebounds. If people were around them, they wouldn't even looking at the basket. They were looking to throw it back out for an open shot. That just tells you they were conditioned a certain way. And they know their, they know their guys. I mean, those three guards they had – I mean, them cats, they were getting it done. Well, I'm going to say four because I don't want to leave Flag loud. Flag <laughs> was amazing, too. He was he was, he was, was the fourth wheel of the yeah. car. Yeah. He, he needed some help. Meaning yeah. He, he needed somebody to pass in the ball. Right. The other cats, they, they didn't need somebody to pass in the ball. I mean, they were going for what they knew, and they were making it happen. But I just say those other guys um, – they were amazing. They were amazing. They were amazing. It didn't, it didn't help Gonzaga with Suggs going out with foul trouble so early in that game. Right. Yeah, I, 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 that, that was something I don't think they ever really recovered from when he when he went out early. And I mean, I said Baylor is just Baylor was just on, man. I mean, they can can I show some love to Mark Vital? Yes. I like Vital. Vital was First of all, you we're calling him a big. The truth of the matter is he's six five. But right. but gee whiz. You know who he reminds me of a little bit? Big baby. Danny, big baby. Or Danny. I thought I think Danny Fortson that used to play for Cincinnati. I'll go with Danny, yeah, Danny Fortson too. That fits. Like he's it. he's fearless and he's so smart. Like he is yeah. super smart, basketball smart. He knew where to get the rebound. He knew how to get the ball back out to the right person, good cutters. Man, listen, Baylor is a well-coached team. Yeah. And they 
And and I've been saying all season long, Gonzaga plays the game the right way, even though they don't have the athletes. Baylor is what I meant when I said that. Because they do have the athletes and they are coached the right way. And you see the difference. It, it was a it was night and day difference. It was just man, they just they looked like those guards, man. I don't know if we've seen three guards like that in a long time. Maybe it's been a while, yeah. Yeah. They were special. Um, but the, the part that bothered me about Gonzaga was um they uh, like Timmy, mm -hmm. he, he started to try to do too much on the perimeter and was oh, yeah. the ball over. They were already super aggressive, and he wasn't aggressive at all when it came down to what he wanted to do. So, you know, he was a little timid on the on, on the perimeter, and they kind of exposed him in that area. They just they just like rushed him. And got the hands on on the basketball mm -hmm. and flexions and those types of things. Um, was he intimidated? I wouldn't say that. I I just think the moment those guys were aggressive and he started to try to do too much on the perimeter, like dri trying to dribble between guys and not being you know strong with the basketball while he was you know at the high post um, and. That just happens, you know, when you're playing against aggressive guys that are athletic like they were and with the bigs, uh, you're going to have some of that. Uh, but it was just like an avalanche. Oh, man. They just, they just kept coming. Uh, you know, the defense was amazing, just their rotations. Oh. Um, it, it was – and their, their on-ball defense – uh, Donovan Mitchell is it Donovan? No, it's not Donovan Mitchell. Yeah, no, it is. I think it is. Yeah, no, it's not Donovan. It's not Donovan. It's Davion. Davion. Oh, all the time it's in uh, Donovan, but so it's Davion. Okay. Yeah. Yes. He, Donovan he, comes on here at ten thirty. <laughs> <laughs> it kind of reminds me of him. That's why I guess. I, yeah, he's uh, a lot like him. He's a lot yeah. like him. His defense was on point. I mean. Even on switches, I mean, he was getting his body in front of guys, not letting them go by. And then offensively, you know, he was going by guys and just setting up other guys. And I just – I was just amazed at the way they were able to control the game and play their own game. They didn't have to go outside, go outside of themselves to try to figure it out. Gonzaga, they never played zone. To, right, but I, and then they had to resort to that because they couldn't stay in front of because guys. they couldn't keep up with at, them. At one point, Gonzaga tried to run a press, and I was like, "Now y'all know y'all ain't ran no press all season. Why y'all are you trying to experiment?" Well, I was like, no, "What is it?" Let's know, know what happens when you're down. Yeah, and you're trying to find different ways to speed the game up, um, and get the ball back, and you, you press. But all Baylor did was. Break the press slowly, and then once they were in that zone, they just kept hitting the middle guy, and he kept producing. Yeah, I I didn't think a press would have helped. I don't think speeding the game up would have helped them though, because they were not as fast. They were not. I mean, it, they, well, at that point, they got to they got to try to get try yeah. to create easy baskets. Yeah, well, didn't just take what Baylor's doing because they created a lot of easy baskets. <laughs> they probably they probably scored on a backdoor cut at least ten times. Yeah, they're, not, they're not trying to. Uh, I mean, those guards they had—they were strong with the basketball. Yeah. Uh, when when uh, Gonzaga tried to, you know, overplay them, and they just stepped in front of them and, you know, uh, released up top to catch the ball. They ran those high pick and rolls uh, to perfection. Is Jared Butler done? I think so. I mean, he had a great run, and most times when you have a great run, uh, I mean, most times you do. Yeah. Him and, him and Suggs are both – they both had those kinds of runs where you shoot up the draft. Play, yeah, you probably played yourself into a, a – I, I, I know I would take Suggs in the first round, but I ain't a late – First round pick for Butler, man. I don't know. Maybe mid first round pick for Butler. He can play, man. He can shoot the rock. He can shoot the rock, man. I, I, uh, I was impressed by that kid, and he's poised. 
he 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 doesn't get too high. He doesn't get too low. He, he's the perfect Spurs player. Um, yeah. <laughs> it just yeah. even killed the entire time. Uh, great leadership. I, I would definitely probably take a fly on him if I was a team. But uh, the first time I saw Butler play this season, I mean, he yeah, he he jumps off the he leaps leaps off the screen just the way he plays. Yeah, it's just, it's steady. You know, he like you said, he don't get too high, don't get too low, very consistent. I, I like his game a lot. I wish Vital was two inches taller. Yeah, if he was two inches taller, he'd, he'd be a first round pick. He should go and play football, man. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. He's aggressive. I can see that. He's strong. He's aggressive. I can definitely see that. Got great hands. Good tight end or defensive end. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I can't disagree with that. He's an athlete. He's a real, true athlete. So I, I, I'm impressed by him, man. Western Kentucky has a guy that's making that leap from basketball to NFL. He's he's trying to anyway. Really? Yeah, he's never even played football, but he's trying to make that leap. He's trying to make the leap. Wow. Wow. But his game, I'm, I'm the way he played – I'm surprised that he never played football. He he very good at bully pop. So <laughs> wow, wow. So he said, "I might as well try to go over here and make this money. Why not?" Hey, hey, if you a power forward, they gonna give you a look. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's very true. That's very true. Uh, we got a new sponsor tonight, so I won't hold up the show, but we'll uh, take a quick break and uh, let the new sponsor come in. And this is a uh, Canaan sunglasses, so we'll uh, give them an opportunity to. Tell us what they're all about. Man, I'm so tired of this. This is Lloyd, your boy, Mr. Noise, and I can't find my sunglasses. You know what it is? It's probably because I don't like my sunglasses. And it's time to make my outdoor experience better with Canaan. Because Canaan sunglasses are made exclusively with polarized lenses for optimal clarity. They're made with Japanese optics that make their lenses clearer, lighter, stronger. And, man, I love the Italian handcrafted frames that are impossible to scratch. So you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to use the exclusive code KananCast15. That's K-A-E-N-O-N-C-A-S-T-15 at Kanan.com to receive my 15% off discount on my first pair. And you can do the same thing. Just go to Kanan.com and use the code K-A-E-N-O-N-C-A-S-T-15 at Kanan.com and get a 15% off on your first pair. That's KananCast15. Canaan, man, it's clearly better. Tell them the noisemaker sent you. There you go. I'm, I'm gonna need that. You gonna need? <laughs> well, the beauty of this wonderful show and these sponsors is that we can uh, get the discounts or even ask for favors. So we may. I'm, <laughs> we need to Kanan test the right product, now. right? Reach <laughs> out to Canaan right now, like you know, these glasses sound very interesting. So. <laughs> I'll be letting you guys know very soon. Okay. Uh, the women's game. I that was a great tell, game, man. I got to tell you, the women's Final Four, for the for me, for the past probably eight years, it doesn't disappoint. When did, when did uh, Shawnee play? Was that 2012? Oh, man. Uh, that was 12. I think they play over uh, Brittany Griner. I think that was in 12. 12, okay. They, from that year on, it may have been thirteen. Yeah, from that year on, it, they don't disappoint. They do not disappoint. They they have a amazing final four every single time, and this year was no different. You saw if you came on the show visually to go for our podcast listeners, you saw us play <clears throat> the last thirty seconds of that game, and geez, I mean that's a tough way to lose a game. Yeah. Tough way to lose a game. Well, I if, if, go ahead, go ahead, child. <laughs> now, I was just saying that um, it was a well played game. Um, of course, you know, down the stretch, they had a kickball um, that was missed. That was probably, you know, uh, I'm gonna say a turning point, but it was key. Yeah. Uh, but I'm still trying to figure out, like, what was the last play. Uh, there, and that's what I was gonna say. There, I don't think there was a play because everybody just stood there and watched her. I, yeah, which, I don't. Know. <laughs> which was cool, but I still have a problem with. There was there were three girls on her, mm-hmm. which means 
I do not care if you are the best player. You got three people on you. You need to find somebody else. There's yeah. a girl wide open in the corner on that one, too. Excuse me. There's a girl wide open underneath the basket. Yeah. <laughs> well, sure, look, at look at it. There's a girl wide wide, uh, wide open underneath the basket. And, I mean, we get the, the toss at the end, hoping that it goes in. There had to be something better. And maybe yeah. that wasn't what was drawn up, but it just didn't look like it he was. set some kind of screen. That was that literally just looked like give her the ball and get out of the way. There was no screen. I mean, there wasn't a. There couldn't have been a play call there because everybody just stood there. Was that just a young <laughs> coach, was that a young coach mistake? Kind of possible. It felt like a coaching mistake more so than a player mistake. She did everything she could have done to try to get a clean look and a shot, but you clearly don't need a three in this moment. It, it, that that was an unnecessary decision. Well, th- she couldn't get the three. Uh, she wouldn't get. She couldn't get to the basket because there was three people like in front of her. Yeah, yeah. She, she had to shoot a three because she couldn't. Yeah. But I'm saying, where was the design play to get at, at least a mid range or underneath the basket or something going toward the basket? It, it just didn't. I didn't understand the play call at all. It and felt they, as if they thought she could – it felt like they, they figured she could beat her man one-on-one but, like, didn't plan for UConn to help. That's what, I mean, that's what it looked like. <laughs> if, 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 listen, if they knew that she could beat her man one-on-one, don't yeah. you think Stanford knew that she could beat her man one-on-one? Especially when she's the only one even taking shots down the stretch of that game. Either. Right. So, <laughs> If, so that's where I go back. Is this a coaching mistake? Because clearly Stanford knew that you could beat us one on one as well. So we're not going to let you beat us one on one. It's possible um, that it could have been a coaching error as far as just give your best player the ball and make a play. Um, you know, what if for yourself, more so that's what it looked like. And, uh, you know, I, I I can't say she could she didn't trust the other girls, uh, but it looked like she was trying to go by, but she couldn't get by. Right, like that barrier. You go this way, it says stop. You try to go this way, it says stop. Yeah. And next thing you know, you ran out of time, and that's mm-hmm. she's like, well, next best thing is just throw it up, hope hope that it goes in. Um, but it definitely could have been a coaching error. I mean, mistake, young coach, uh, just give the player the ball and then trust because they've been talking about that all, you know, all the playoffs about I trust her, she trusts me, and, you know, all those things. And then when you heard uh, Stanford talking after the game, you know, they were talking about we knew what they were going to do at the end of the game. They were going to give her the ball, and and it looked that way. Yeah. They knew. Yeah, it's uh that's a tough way to lose a game. That's a tough way to lose a game, especially when you gave your heart and soul uh to that game. I'll ask this question though, going back just a little bit. What what way is tougher to lose that way or the way that Stanford escaped the uh the final four game against um um um, oh gosh, I forgot who they lost to. Uh, South Carolina. South Carolina. So that one, or UCLA Gonzaga. Which way was the the most heartbreaking way to lose a game? Well, I gotta say UCLA. I mean, a banked in three pointer from just across half court. <laughs> That's that brutal, man. That <laughs> I've actually lost the game that way because you had no control of that one. I've actually right. lost the game that way, exact, almost the exact same way. Mm-hmm. Only difference was we had to go to overtime to finish it off. But we lost the game that way. And I was so – I was so – I'm still mad to this day because we we had battled back from being 12 down. And and my point guard and myself, we were, we were trading baskets. So we were – we had gotten up and we were up by three. So all we had to do was guard the ball inbound. Man, my, we could have fouled. <laughs> well, well, we're screaming. We're screaming. 
to our guys because we we decided to press that last play out to go full court say, and just put as much pressure on the inbound as we possibly could. And our guys are celebrating like we won, like we just put out this great miracle, which we kind of had, but we hadn't finished it. And, man, now I can still see that guy coming down the left side of the court and heaving that ball from half court and going in. And I, I, I was sick. That, and I say that because that's the kind of loss that never leaves you, because you because you're thinking we did everything we were supposed to do. And you and you at the high school level, they they did. Yeah. That's the national that's right. the final four for this. Exactly, exactly. So you've done everything you're supposed to do. So I don't understand how. Like, I think I think though you can't. Well, see UCLA though they can kind of take some silence in that it was an amazing run. They weren't, you know. They weren't supposed to make that run, and that's that's what you can tell yourself. But yeah, I don't, I don't think you get over it though. No, you don't get over it. That one that's gonna haunt your the dreams. Which one is more haunting? UCLA's loss to Gonzaga or Gonzaga's blowout loss and loss of undefeated season? Uh, uh, I still go UCLA. <laughs> you still go UCLA? Okay. Yeah. Charlie, what do you think? Uh, I would say Gonzaga. For the simple fact that you got all the way to the championship game and you didn't play your best game. And so that is something that I don't think, you know, it's tough. Uh, and I'm I'm still going through it now, you know, with our loss. And, and that was in the first round. You know, just still trying to figure out, you know, how we can continue to get better. Um, and it was a 17-point loss. And we didn't play our best game. We were a very good team, but we didn't play our best game. And so uh, to be able to, you know, the UCLA deal, I mean, you played your best and you came up a little short. Somebody made a miracle shot, which is tough, yes. But if you know you didn't play your best game or play well at all, yeah, I mean, that's hard to live with. Not a hard to live with, but that, I mean, it's, it's hard uh, thing to – Cause you keep playing back, you know. If I would have done this, if I would have done that better, or, or whatever. Yeah. Uh, but with in UCLA case, I mean, they played the best game they could possibly play, um, outside of you know a guy making a miracle shot. Um, and so, I just think you know if you don't play your best and that's your last game, <laughs> that's something you think about all the time, especially if you're a senior. Uh, if you got guys coming back, then they can rewrite the ship and try to do it again next year. But that's something you'll always remember, um, that you didn't play your best game in the last game, and especially if it's a national championship game. When you're one win away yeah. from hoisting, you know, the trophy that everyone, you know, yeah. everyone wants. I mean, that's what everyone plays for. That's why they start. You know, at the end, at the beginning of each year, everyone's wanting to be where they were in that position to win a championship, and you don't play your best. That's that's very tough. Uh, looking at the way too early uh, predictions for next year, uh, Gonzaga is uh, for sure going to lose Suggs. Probably, I think Kispert is a senior, right? Correct. So he's gone no matter what. Well, I guess I don't know. Is that how's that work? Is, technically, can he come back? back? Technically, technically he could come back. Although he's probably gonna. Is he a lottery pick? I don't know about lottery, but he'll definitely get chosen in the first round. Probably. You think so? Okay. So he'll probably be gone. Uh, Ayayi could test the draft along with Timmy and Nimbahard, although. I think both probably got exposed a little bit in the championship game, especially Timmy. Especially Timmy, yeah. Yeah, Timmy. I, I There were a couple of times I thought I heard Timmy's draft stock falling. Because uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah, that's not going to fly, bro. You, you can't do that in the pros. Like, And, 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 and again, it's just, it's, it's just better competition produces, you know, you got to have more basketball knowledge, although he's not a bad player. He, I don't know if he was ever really a starter in my eyes, but for sure, uh, I thought he was an NBA player, and I still, I think I still do. I just don't know what kind yet. Uh, journeyman. 
Yeah, no, that's, that's, that's probably fair. To me, he looks like to me, he looks like a good college basketball player. Yeah. Which yeah. is, don't, which don't, is fine. Right. It's perfectly fine. I just don't yeah. I'm not I don't think his game was really gonna translate to the NBA. I don't I don't I think he's a great college player. He might be able to come off somebody's bench though. Yeah. And maybe make a career out of it. Well, most definitely can be a bench guy. I mean, I've seen yeah. his uh his type of player uh you know be a bench guy. Because uh, he does have an IQ. Yeah. He has a very high IQ. I don't know about Nimbahart. Would you would you would you bring in Nimbahart? I think he's coming back. Yeah. yeah. I would think so too. So they're projected to be number one. It's amazing what a difference a day makes. UCLA predicted to be number two. <laughs> <laughs> what? What the, they, they must think the Juzang's coming back if they got their number two. That's what they're 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 got they, they're saying. I don't think no, Juzang not. is coming back. I would be oh, shocked geez. if he came back. No. Uh, and and I'm not gonna hold you, but I wouldn't also be surprised if Jaquez came back. Jaquez might be able to mm-hmm. stick yeah. a toe in there and see what's going on. Yeah, he may test it, but I, I he needs another year. Yeah, because this the thing that I mean, there's only what twenty one. How many picks they have? Thirty picks in the first round. In the first first round. round, yeah. And then the second round. I mean, I understand. You know, guys are making, you know, second round, and then they get a two way contract uh, for you know the D League or the G League or whatever it is now, um, and the NBA team. So that's an option. Uh, for some of those second round guys, potentially, you know, making a roster at some point. Yeah. But there, it's like the transfer portal. I mean, you know, you start getting all these young guys coming out, and there's not enough space, you know, draft, especially basketball, when you only have two rounds. I mean, you can go free agent, free being a free agent and what have you. uh, But if you can have a chance to continue to improve, uh, in some aspect of your game and potentially, you know, move up the draft board for next year. Uh, that's another option as well. But, you know, my motto, make your decision, whatever decision you make, just be willing to live with the results. <laughs> so well, to your point, the, 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 uh, the rest of the uh, notables, I would say, uh, uh, the first ACC team doesn't show up until number nine in this way too early draft, and that would be your Seminoles. Um, first ACC team? Yeah. The Seminoles are projected to be number nine, followed by the Hokies at number 10, uh, the Duke Blue Devils at number 13, the Syracuse Orange at number 14, uh, the North Carolina Tar Heels with their new coach. Shout out to Hubert Davis. Uh, we'll, we'll discuss that here in a second, and then rounding out the top twenty-five, I think that is it. Yes. So, uh, so interesting. They have a lot of confidence in the ACC going into next year. So, uh, what do y'all think about Hubert Davis uh, being the new coach? Right pick, right selection. Well, you know my thoughts because we're New York Nick buddies. <laughs> so um, I am I'm happy I played against him at North Carolina as well. Um and so I'm happy for Hubert. You know, he left the bar- broadcast booth and uh went to coaching. Uh, he was one of Coach Williams uh hand picked uh coaches. Mm-hmm. And he's he groomed him over the past eight or nine years or however long it's been uh since he's been on the on on the bench and and I think he'll do a great job. You know, he, he's he's mild mannered in a lot of ways, but he's very competitive. Um, he also, and when he played in, you know, in, in the pros, he was superstitious. Um, he didn't touch lines. <laughs> so, he <did> what? <laughs> he didn't touch lines. Like he would step, he would step over. He would step over lines and. Uh, like the line, he wouldn't touch, you know, that line, and you know, just it was just it was yes. I mean, he was just that type of guy, but very good shooter. Yeah, uh, smart player. Yeah. Uh, he, he he had great work ethic. That's why he was able to play twelve years in the league. Yeah, and and so 
you know, those type of guys, you know, are going to be uh, great because, I mean, he's just a good dude and he, he has that work ethic. He's going to push those guys to be great. A lot of pressure or or, or, or he can craft it or he's fine. He'll, he'll, he'll be patient with him. What do you think? Well, in his eyes, he's going to put pressure on himself to be great uh, and, and the guys around him. And so I don't know who's going to have uh, on the staff. He's going to keep, you know, the staff together or bring in someone else. Um, I'm not sure who that is right now. I'm not sure if they've made made the announcement. But he's going to push them to get back to the level that he's accustomed to them being. Yeah. Um, and, and I do believe it, it's going to take not so much the – the five-star guys, but finding the right guys for what he is trying to get accomplished. And are, are we going to see guys go back to that Charlie Kendrick? Um, the the like Duke and North Carolina. You know, I saw Duke take Zion Williamson and, and Williams, and they did what any school in America would have done. But I never saw the joy, at least in my humble opinion of Coach K having to take this guy. Because I think in his mind, he was like, I'm doing it because I have to do it, because that's just how the game is played. But I, it, he looked stressed that entire season to me. Because with, with him, with, with, with Williams, with Barrett, that's not Duke basketball. That's not Duke. Duke doesn't just get a five-star, and that's what they do. That's, they build their team and go get Duke guys. And Duke guys might stay four years. I think but, he was stressed because he didn't have a bench either. And, well, that didn't help. <laughs> that didn't help. You're that I had stress. I think you're absolutely right. So I just wonder, to Charlie's point, will they go back to going to get North Carolina guys, Duke guys, and get away from exclusively getting five stars but tried to build the program like it was before? Or can you go back at this point? I feel like Carolina's always kind of been the school that did. I think they were ahead of the game on that. And then, you know, and then, you know Calipari took it a whole, to a whole other level. So I, I think that's kind of like Carolina's thing. Carolina, you know, they because they were, you know, in the 90s, Carolina was a cool school. Yeah. Everybody liked the Carolina blue colors, and they, you know, they, I mean, they had Vince Carter and Rasheed Wallace and Antoine Jameson, yeah. Ed Cota, all those guys. So they, that's kind of been their thing. I think it's new for Duke, and I, and like I say, I do think there was a little bit of, with with Coach K that you know is hard because it's a little bit out of his element to have that many, and then like and not have a bench. I think that bugged him more than anything. Yeah, because he, he didn't he, have anything. Did not else. go to his. Couldn't go to his bench. Yeah, but I, 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 I just kind of think we're, where we are right now is, and I wonder how much Duke's going to hit the transfer portal. Oh, I think everybody's hitting the transfer portal. Yeah, right. that's that's. I mean, that's and that's one of the things Hubert mentioned in his press conference. I mean, he he didn't, that part he didn't talk about recruits. Right. He said we're going to hit the transfer portal. <laughs> You know, that is just the mindset that I, I, I see a lot of uh, teams going. And, and I see it hurting high school recruits. Um, you know, that's one or two kids that from high school that could potentially be going to college. But now we have college uh, guys. So, but uh, And I was talking to a coach today who came by uh, from Albany State to watch uh, one of our players. Uh, he was talking about, you know, how – a lot of the major schools aren't bringing Division One players over. I mean, it happens, you know, on occasions, but they're going and getting the kids from Drake, you know, Eastern Washington, uh, the mm-hmm. Ivy League, uh, like their top players, and bringing right. them in and fitting them into their system. And that's where a lot of these transfer. I mean, they're getting these transfers from. Um, and so sometimes a Division One player either goes down, you know, a level. Uh, or, you know, with their power five, they may go to an FCS team and, and be the main guy and elevate that team. That ha- that is, that's happened as well. So 
I just think it's a fluid situation. There's no cookie cutter deal. Like if I do this, it's going to work. Right. You have to find the right fit um, and the right kid for whatever you're trying to get done. And, but I don't, I, I see uh, people building their bench. Start, we'll start to probably build their bench through the transfer portal. Like if you don't have a bench, uh, like we just talked about, you know, with Duke, if the transfer portal was going on during that time, they were probably going out and got some guys from Drake, uh, Ivy League, that was some of the best players and putting them on that bench to be able to help them uh, have a stronger bench. I wonder if, like, like because there's going to be recruits that are, you know, obviously not, they're not five stars, maybe not even four stars, but they could be like high three stars, for example. They're not getting offered as many offers as, from the big name schools as they would because of the transfer portal. I wonder if that means that maybe the mid majors will be able to start scooping these kids up. Great point. Maybe have better freshmen. Then, then of course, they'll have one good freshman year, and then they'll be free agents. Right. <laughs> so. Right. But, but that's, that's real. That's very real. That was the other thing uh, that he was talking about, that Albany State coach was talking about, was, you know, they don't mind a kid coming to their school for two years or three years and then going to a major program. Uh, because what it does is it gives them, you know, kudos <laughs> uh, because they develop a top-level player. Uh, now, if they're going from Division two to Division two, then that's, you know, they might as well stay where they are. Right, right. At the schools, and but if they're going from Division two to Division one, you know that's they're they're like I, we don't mind that, um, and that was his you know humble opinion. It wasn't his head coach's opinion. Just so if he's watching or someone's watching, he's uh, saying that they want their players leaving. <laughs> um, finally, that was a community college at that point, <laughs> like yeah. last chance you. <laughs> Uh, final story uh, since uh, – and we'll get in. We got so much to talk about going into next week. But uh, Chris Likes, this one kind of broke, I guess, today. Uh, he's a, He was a senior. Well, he is a senior and for Miami. And he had to sit out. I think he had an injury, sit out most the entire season, I think. I think he only played two games or something. But uh, he is transferring from Miami to Arkansas. Uh, good, good, good for Arkansas. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. Well, the kid was averaging like fifteen points a game. So, uh, it, listen, I think the transfer portal is the way of the world, and it, it it's here to stay. So there's no there's no going back at this point. Jay, it is here to stay, and these kids are going to take full advantage of it. Not uh, is this is the one one uh, year waiver? Like you can transfer one time. So that means once you transfer, you stuck. I mean, you got to stay at the school, right? Right. As I, I think you can leave again, but you have to sit out if you leave. If you leave again, that's what I mean. Yeah. 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 You can go play immediately this year. Yeah. So it's going to be interesting to see how this all unfolds. We will be right here. And by the way, on the women's side, I didn't. I, I we like to give fair uh, credence here on this show. Uh, the the way too early top twenty five there. Uh, UConn, surprise, surprise, UConn's number one. Uh, South Carolina, huh? They have everyone coming back. Yeah, everybody coming back, yeah. Uh, uh, South Carolina, number two. Uh, uh, Stanford, three. Baylor, four. (coughs) Maryland, five. Louisville, six. That shows up as the first ACC team, followed by uh, North Carolina State at eight. And I think they are the only two. Oh, I, I stand corrected. All five starters are expected back in Tallahassee. I forgot about that. So they are at number 17. And then Georgia Tech, along with Virginia Tech at 23. Uh, so that rounds out. And then Notre Dame at 24. So uh, that uh, that rounds out the top 25. Way too wow. predictions. Wow, there. Notre Dame at 24. Wow, after the season they had. Wow. Well, I think they're another one of those ones that everybody's going to be back and better. And 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 then their freshman guard, like Charlie said, got yeah, uh, should have another year on the show. Year in the game. So, 
uh, she'll be a lot better than she was. So, yeah. So it's gonna be it's gonna as great as college basketball has been. It's gonna be even better next year. That brings me back to this point where those guys, uh, the, the young lady we just got finished talking about, and the mm -hmm. high school kid. This year was a wash. So for them to come in, really, they didn't end up losing a year. They didn't lose a year. So that, yeah, that that's a great probably, point. That probably won't be that. That probably be this COVID era where everything was given back to you know the student athlete as far as the eligibility. So yeah. this probably won't happen again because well, this yeah. this would count as a year. You know, if someone came in and played mid year. I, I, I would have to guess that it would count as a year. Yeah, have to. Have yeah, to. no, it would have to. Yeah. Unless somebody's deciding they want to leave early, I mean that's another deal. But yeah. Well, we're right out of time. This was our show. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, we'll be back to do it all over again next week. Uh, shout out to all of our wonderful sponsors: Bet Online, Canaan, Monster Bass, uh, Sunday Scaries, and Popcorn World. So. We appreciate all you guys. A poor world. A poor world. world do everybody's theme music. Uh, or the guy that did the popcorn world theme music to do everybody's theme music. Um, you guys got any parting uh, shout outs before we go? I'm good. What you got, Charlie? Well, I'm going to a quick rant. I uh, had an opportunity to speak to athletic directors today committee um, and I was speaking about implementing a shot clock here in Florida. <laughs> I had a Devo last night from Rick Warren talking about naysayers and how to persevere and continue to move forward when you have naysayers. Uh, I gave a nice presentation about the reason why we should implement a shot clock here in high school. Gave them four years to figure out how they can get their own shot clock at the school uh, four years from now. And they chose to not endorse it. Oh, wow. But guess what? <clears throat> that is not going to stop me. <laughs> I am going to keep pushing because I know where the game's going and we keep pushing these envelopes I just got finished talking about the forward thinking kids leaving school potentially leaving high school to go and play college early so they can keep pushing the envelope uh, that's what we get into everybody's pushing the envelope and so I just think it's time for us in high school sports. We have nine states that have said, I think this is the right thing to do for our kids. Right. And they've done it. I'm just saying all the other states, <laughs> come on, people. Let's join right. forces with them nine and let's push the game forward. It's not about if kids are going to school, college and all of that. It's about the experience. It's like when you when we put that three-point line down back in 1986, 87, whatever it was. Yeah. Man, it wasn't about us playing college basketball. It was about us, the experience of playing like the college people, the pro people, the people we were watching. So I just say to all those who turn me down with my proposal today, it's not just mine, but others that with the implementation of the shot clock, I'm going to keep pushing. Ah, <laughs> I like it, Charlie. Yep. I like it. And Charlie, I agree wholeheartedly. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. Please keep pushing. It's, yeah, well, I mean, we, you, we've had that discussion offline. It, it's the fact that it's not a shot clock in high school basketball is one of the most ridiculous things <laughs> that exists on earth today. So let's, let's come on. Um, if you really truly are about the, the player and about the experience of high school basketball and what it means and where it can go, let's do the right thing. That's the right thing to do. Bottom line. It's the it's the right thing to do. So I I fully endorse that rant, Charlie. That's a good rant. I'm here for that rant. <laughs> it won't be the last one, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> no to the nation. Where are you counting on it? <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, you've heard us. You've enjoyed us. We've enjoyed you. We'll be back next week to do it all over again. Believe in the ACC. That's Charlie Ward. That's Kendrick Haskins. I'm Lloyd Spence. We'll see you. You have been listening to Believe in the ACC with Charlie Ward and Lloyd Spence. You can tune in every Tuesday and Thursday on the Believe Podcast Network, Spotify, iTunes, and everywhere podcasts can be heard. You can also watch Charlie and Lloyd on Facebook, on the Noisemakers page, and on YouTube, on the Noise Media YouTube channel. Please like, subscribe, and follow on all our platforms. And we will keep taking you inside the ACC. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.